for this. Uh, try to. Hi, it's Kyle Faulkner here, and you're listening to You Call That View. You call that radio. Oh, okay, okay. Hi, it's Kyle Faulkner here, and you call that radio. You call that radio. No. I've ruined my kitchen, it's 2.45pm and before I begin today I just want to tell you about how I've ruined my kitchen I've ruined my day So, started in a supermarket I fell for marketing rigmarole I bought a giant box of Rice Krispies today and I should have known I was in trouble when I couldn't even get it through the scan and pay machine with a, a wee woman with a badge helping me she said have you got a loyalty card I said of course I've got a loyalty card I'm that age now so you don't get loyalty points for Rice Krispies so I shouldn't have fucking bought Rice Krispies haven't eaten Rice Krispies in years but anyway I bear hug it all the way home, kind of waddle home, struggle to even get up the stairs, get out of the kitchen, boom, there it is. It doesn't fit in any cupboard at all. And never will, not in my lifetime, even tried it horizontally in the drawers. No chance. It stares at me. The kitchen, the nice kitchen that I spent, we spent ages working on to make it look nice. It's now just a shrine to Rice Krispies. And it's not just the kitchen. I'm recording this from a living room, because the kitchen isn't at my door. I can see it from the bedroom, this giant box of Rice Krispies snap, crackle and pop. And it's gonna be there for a while. It's gonna take me years to get through these. Years. I would even eat Rice Krispies. Sorry, I get distracted there. That was the beat there you heard was from LIGO, RIP. We found out that he passed away last week, so I just thought I would share that wee beat as a tribute. And I like to laugh, so I'm sure he would be fine with me talking about Rice Krispies over the top of it. But yeah, he sent me that beat and before we started this podcast I was looking for my words were elevator music just some sort of music I could play in the background while I was talking and he sent me that called Elevators and it just sounds a bit too exciting for boring music I wanted boring music and uh, Benny Ligo didn't really do boring music so R.I.P. shout out to all his friends and family and we'll maybe play a couple of his tunes later on in the show 
But what we're going to do today is, uh, it's, it's, this is episode 11. Episode 1, we had, you know, they we'd questions, ask me anything type thing to begin it. And since I've, I was supposed to have a special guest, but since my special guest hasn't turned up today, he may still turn up, but he didn't turn up yesterday. So I'm just going to do the show with him and assume that he's not going to be here. And he might, if he turns up, he turns up. We're going to answer your questions out there that you've been sending in, some good questions coming in. And I'm also going to play some tunes from some of my favourite acts I've played with over the years. This weekend, we're celebrating 10 years since I played my first gig. So I've been, at the weekend there, I was getting a bit nostalgic, thinking back to all the bands we've played with. And uh, if you're not from Scotland, you're probably going to discover a lot of brilliant new music today because, in fact, even if you look, you're from Scotland, you're probably going to discover some new music because I can't exactly name drop the famous people because they've got good copyright lawyers and they will shut us down. So, yeah, we'll be keeping it pretty underground, but the quality of the music will be brilliant. So we've got good music and good chat and maybe a special guest coming up. Welcome to episode 11 of You Call That Radio. Hmm. Are you, are you, you alright, mate? Who the fuck are you calling alright? This is a Vox Pop. John McMustard from Colonel Master on the Dijon 5. You call that radio? <laughs> Hi, how you doing? What happened? Um, well, basically, I thought there was a fire uh, happening, but the fire was only in my mind. So I set the fire extinguisher off and the fire alarm, and then it plays like a boo, woo, 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 and it turns out there wasn't a fire at all. <laughs> it was just all in my head. Anyway, so I, th- I don't think I'm allowed back. <laughs> And as if by magic, who appears at the door, but Goddy Duncan Jr., how are you doing? Hi there, Mark, how's it going? I'm good, mate, I'm good. I've just been out for a wee cycle. Just needing to sweat out the weekend. Yep. Well... Feeling good now. Feeling good. That's great to hear. So, aye, the plan with this one is is we're going to talk about some of your favourite acts and some of my favourite acts as well that we've played together over the years. It's been ten years you've been there for most of them, I think, eight. Um, when was your first... When did you get your first uh, international gyro babies cap? I want to say 2011-12, but it might even be earlier. But I'm going to say 2011, because I'm just trying to think of where I was living at the time of the gigs I was playing. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the first gig I ever played with, well, was the the Twa Tams. That yeah. was the first gig. And I'm trying to think where I lived at the time, and I'm sure that was about 2011. So yes, let's, we'll right. go with 2011. Well, by 2012, you were playing with us at Bust Up, Apoc- for Bust Up Apocalypse came out and stuff like that. Yeah. So that would have been 2011. Aye, 2011, we'll say. So... Uh, when before we do that, we're going to play some of our favourite bands from from that from that era. Um, but I've got some questions coming in here from the listeners. 
And shout out to all the listeners as well and everyone who's been supporting us on patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. And we're also available on Twitter, Facebook. So if you've ever got any questions, please ask away and we'll try and read it out on the show. And you can also phone us on 07340 <laughs> Oh, If I can find the phone, the phone is here somewhere, but yeah. Okay. I need to get that number actually, get that saved on my phone. Yeah, get a wee phone if you're ever needing to talk to someone, right. even if it is just a wee answer machine. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to you eventually. Do you keep the recordings for training purposes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, if I can find them, we've got all of them. I'd, I'd love to do a wee medley of somebody phoned up the other day to say, or just after doing, to say that they were sorry that they fell asleep during my set. So, <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? That was nice of <laughs> So, yeah, I, there's a few things like that, but I've, I've not been able to place the phone for the last week or two but I'll get on to that. We'll find the phone. So in the meantime, you get us on, on the Twitter or on the or on the Facebook and you call that radio at gmail.com or Patreon is the best way to get hold of us though. And you can join the Minson Tatties crew for only £2.40 a month. Shout outs to all the supporters. Let's do some questions. So Chris Housley, how do independent artists re-monetize their base given it's been destroyed with social media, a.k.a. anti-social media? So, yeah. Well, that's a good question. There's there's not really a simple answer for that one. So, uh, in a lot of ways, social media, I think, has been good for bands. The the internet, in general, has been good for bands. It's hard to really tell. Would the Gyro Babies have been signed or had as much attention in the days where it was 15 quid with a CD and everybody was getting signed would we have been able to stay and say what we wanted in the same way or would they have turned into some sort of shite run of the mill indie band and just had a, had a hat on top of the pops and then disappeared into the fucking vacuum that is yeah, I suppose but in those days it would have cost a lot of money to get it to that stage, to get, you know, go into the studio and, you know, if you were starting off doing starting off doing a band, you'd have to pay to go into the studio and then and get it all put out. Yeah, so you wouldn't like, have there's no way that you'd be able to have so record demos. In, the internet's probably been good for that. But there was a period of time I think where like things like SoundCloud and Facebook were good for even just putting your tunes up and people listening yeah. to it. Because like even if you if you had X amount of people on your friends list or people on your SoundCloud, like most of them would hear it. Yeah. But now, barely any, anyone hears it. Yeah. You know, it's like a really small percentage unless you're willing to pay for it, which that's that's pretty unfair because it kind of if you're if you're making something on a budget and then you've got to pay for people just to know that it exists, then it's sort of. Yeah, I think so I think good. what I think what Facebook did very cleverly was it showed people what it could capable of doing so I remember like I remember I wasn't a serious blogger or anything like that but I remember writing a couple of blogs and it was getting you know a thousand hits and it wasn't that good it wasn't nothing special and it's people that made careers off being bloggers around about that time because when they released it I think Facebook just wanted to show the world what it was capable of so it would like if you were to release a song and upload it it would show it to all your friends and 
just random mm. people who might be interested <clears> in the music. And then that basically got everyone going, oh, aye, this is a good tool. And then they just clamp right down on it. And now there's an algorithm mm -hmm. that you need to, you're in a constant battle against the algorithm to find out how to hack it, how to make yeah. it work and for do you. They do that with SoundCloud as well, yeah. Well, this is just my opinion on that, but I think what happened there was is that Facebook just went, oh, fuck you, SoundCloud. And... I wouldn't be surprised me if Facebook's maybe trying to kill SoundCloud so it becomes cheap to buy, and then Facebook could buy buy up SoundCloud because I think that would make sense. Do you know what I mean? The mm. but right now Facebook doesn't really have anything like that. They did try it for a while. You could upload songs, but it never never took off. But with SoundCloud, I think another problem with SoundCloud was is like I used to be a big fan of it back in the day. It was great because yeah, I, of, I used to like using it a lot. Produce, I still put stuff on it now and again. But. Yeah, but I just like you know we used to be able to put up a song and we'd get about a thousand hits, mm -hmm. and you'd get genuine creative feedback from artists. Yeah, that's it. And producers saying, you know, people saying, turn the vocal down, fix the bass line, but just actually getting real constructive feedback. And now, if we release a song, I mean, we're lucky to get you're lucky to get a hundred plays on it, and I think. What it could also be is something to do... I'm just sort of guessing what the algorithm was going on. But I think another problem was SoundCloud got turned into a... You know, had started having a board of directors and tried to go the corporate money-making way. And as a result of doing that, they, they, I think they... I don't know if they chose or Facebook chose that you could only get a 30-second clip of a song. Then you need to click it onto it to go into a new website. And most people are on their phones these days, so that means they need to download yet another app, which... Aye, that's it. That's what I found with SoundCloud recently. I put something on it and then I tried to play it on my phone. And I mean, I suppose it's the same with Bandcamp as well. We're putting your music on that. It's not not everybody can be bothered to download these things on their phone. Yeah. And it's like, it is a bit of a pain in the arse to, to go into the Bandcamp and then you have to download it. And then I think only sometimes it doesn't work on some phones as well. So even though these... You know, these platforms were using them, they're still, they could be better, couldn't they? So. And that's the the success of Spotify. Has... What does Bandcamp take off you these days? Well, I, don't, I remember you saying that. I've used an album in Bandcamp, but they take 10%, and I don't think that's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still use that phrase, I don't think that's very fair. If some... Yeah, I just, <clears throat> well, I made 500 CDs. Yeah. And I, but definitely shifted half of them. Gave most of them. Well, the other half probably gave most of it away. But yeah, once I once I got rid of all the CDs, then I put it on Bandcamp. But no way was I going to put it on there for everybody to. You know, that's a, that's <laughs> it's no fair, is it? I, it's not fair. Well, it's not fair. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think it is quite fair if you compare it to what Spotify are doing. Like so. Well, Spotify, there's no money to be made off of that. So what's happened here is that we Spotify have came in and they've made such a good app. You know, I think people at Bandcamp and SoundCloud were too slow to move on to the, the mobile, which is what everyone's on now. So as a result, Spotify, I hate Spotify. I, did, I didn't put any other music in Spotify until fairly recently because I fucking hate it. But the simple fact is, is that it is the best app mm -hmm. on this going about just now. I so don't everybody, really use it personally, but I've, everyone's using it's it. It's meant to be, well, it's easy to use, I suppose, isn't it? It's just, it's easy to use. It's got a really good algorithm for figuring out new music you might like or old music you might like. So it's yeah. just constantly, yeah, it's a, it, is, it is good. That's the problem. But as a result, now people, if people are using Spotify, 
they're not going to download your album in Bandcamp anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people won't. Yep. So as a result, there was a really good moment where I found that there was like a kind of people that were downloading stuff in Bandcamp. Or like if I was getting a, a do- if someone bought a download for Bandcamp, a digital download for Bandcamp for me, it would just make me pure happy. And then I would go and download someone else's music in Bandcamp because it felt like there was going to be this wor- beautiful world where, you know, a, a new wave creative artistic people to just oh I've got I've I've maybe bought I've been someone's bought my thing for a tenner so I'm going to spend three quid and someone else's shit mm. something like that some sort of utopia I was imagining and then Spotify just came and killed it stone dead because people say oh I will but I will buy it and Spotify says oh, it's good it's a good way to promote your CDs but the reality is is most people are listening to their music on their phones traveling about Spotify have made this a brilliant app that means that you don't really need the CDs or the downloads. So to answer the question, how do independent artists re-monetize is, is I have no Sell idea. Sell merchandise at gigs. Yeah, I suppose it is, but... Play, play every gig under the sun and have lots of merchandise. Yeah, get the merch, but obviously you need money in order to get the merch. And to play all the gigs, it's a, it's a lot of hassle playing the gigs. It's hard, it's hard to keep fucking five band members happy and travel around the fucking world. Isn't it? God. Just get a, get, get a karaoke machine and, and a wee screen that shows the words and just go out and do it. Yeah, I've thought it. about it. Do you know what? I'm actually... Tam gave us a shot at a, a wee... Um, what would your karaoke name be, though? I, I've, well, I, I think I'm just going to maybe be like... A, a, I'll do bingo, raffle and pub quizzes. And just McGee's karaoke. I don't know. No, I think I think if I'm going to come up with it, it needs to be like a superhero name. It's going to be like an over the top superhero. Master McGee's karaoke. Mix Master McGee. I don't know what. Um, to be honest, it'd be a lot easier than than having to deal with musicians all the time. I'm done with it. I think pub quiz raffle is the future. Uh, I I th- I suppose it's you've got to play live. You need to have merch. And I don't know. Well, well, even your like, even your big bands that are well known and famous, playing big venues. There, I would, I would imagine that most of their revenue, even like, as a touring band, it's coming from the stuff they're selling on the road. Yeah, well, I mean that's why there are all these three sixty deals that the record labels have come up with now, which means that the record labels are actually taking most of the merch money back as I mean, well. It would, make, it would make sense that that's how they do it if they're still like there's there's a few bands I can think of that've been playing for like 20 years and they're still doing it and they're like they're not sitting back in their big fancy mansions if they're, no. still, if they're still out on the road all the time so I suppose that's no, how that's, you, well, that's, I mean I think it is you need to play live you need to have you need to have good merch unfortunately uh, the way I'm at the news like I, I need a break for, for the live music scene because it's you can just feel the burnout coming I can feel the burnout coming I've been playing non-stop for years now um, whether that's performing or organising and it's I'm just not I'm I'm done in metal. So thank thanks to everyone who's been supporting the podcast, uh, patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. Cause it means that I can actually I'm actually going to take a couple of weeks off and figure that question out. Um and I think I'm just going to maybe spend a bit of time working on a a gyro baby's lyric book or a poetry book or or just coming up with some 
some new Jackal Trains tunes, new Gyro Babies tunes, but I just don't see there being many live gigs for a while. There might be one, there might be one at Christmas actually, but between October, November, December, there's three months of no gigs, and I'm looking forward to it. Do you want me to read the next question? Uh, if you want, let's see it. Um, so, yeah, there might be something coming on. Yeah, but no gigs for three months, and I'm going to try and figure out how we do remonetize and how how we can release stuff. But it's a good question that I'm afraid I don't know really actually know the answer to, Chris. But hopefully that was some sort of insight. Okay. Okay. So what's, what's this? You got more questions? Um, we've got. I don't. Right. Sorry if I pronounced this wrong. Amy, Amy. Yeah. Kim. How do you feel about Patreon in general? I like the platform, both giving and receiving support to and from others, but there are certain issues, e.g. taking quite a, ch a chunk off the monthly income for fees and taxes. I'm not happy with, with that. I find it prob problematic and there are no alternatives either. Would like to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, well, I think just <laughs> as God would say, you, as you just said, it's not fair. It's not, they take their, they take their cut off it and it's not fair. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm still at the, the honeymoon period with Patreon. I call it Patreon, I think it's Patreon, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know, I just... You just, uh, but... Tomato, I, I, tomato. Yeah. I'm at the, the honeymoon period where I've, I've found it to be amazing because it's given me, it justifies me spending a bit of time and putting together something. And it's meant I've been able to, and behind the scenes I've been approaching, I've been approached by some really quite big names that are wanting to, to get involved and, and be on the show. It's opened up a door, the same way the Bandcamp opened the door with that pay what you want download when we needed it. So I think it's a, I think it is a great platform. It's got, it's going to have its issue. I'm now starting to get the stage where it's like, well, wait a minute, why are we, why do we need to give, why do we need to give these guys such a big cut? for doing absolutely nothing. So, but I do agree that it's good to support other artists. I think it's the only way that the arts is going to survive in any any level. I don't, I don't see the government going to help out with funding. I don't, I think the, the funding seems to just be getting, it's going to be the first thing to go with, with, when we go into further austerity. The fact is that I think that in order for you to continue to have artists to to have a sustainable career, everyone's going to need to dig in and just stick in a couple of quid a month into, you know, I suppose it kind of goes on it with Christmas saying, I think maybe something like Patreon, it's not perfect, but maybe that is the future where it's just like, I like that artist. Here's a couple of quid a month to keep people making that art you love rather than them going and getting a job in a call centre, which is what, you know, I'd end up doing and I really don't want to do that. So please keep on supporting <laughs> the Patreon. It's, you know, it's, it's it's not like a an a good existence uh, being an artist. It hasn't been for a long time uh, financially, but it is rewarding. And uh, yeah, just keep me at the call center, please, because I'll just phone you up and annoy you anyway. No, I, I I suppose you don't. What do you think about Patreon? What do you think about? Um, the I don't. I don't uh, have any experience of myself apart from helping you. With the odd bit and piece, pieces here, you know. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any views on it because it's it's like a it's a new thing to me. I don't. I've not really heard much about it, and I don't know a lot of people that are using it. I know like, maybe a, two or three people I know that are using it, and I haven't really looked into it much about like how it works. Yeah, there is there is actually alternatives as well, but the alternatives don't look as trustworthy as Patreon. Patreon is the biggest people that are doing it just now. So they just seemed a bit more trustworthy. But also there's another one as well, which um, I would ask you to check out. Because if you if you don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also do a one-off um, one off payment to Coffee, which is spelled K-O-F-I, coffee.com forward slash you call that radio. I actually set that up a couple of weeks ago, and, or maybe about a month or two ago. I've not actually promoted it yet. But I think that's quite a good idea. It's I've noticed that even um, quite popular Facebook pages are using that now. Where it's like, if you enjoy this page, get me a would you buy me a coffee? And people go into you know coffee dot com forward slash you call that radio and they buy you a coffee. And you know, first of all, you did, I didn't really like the idea of it all. It just sounds like a bit beggy and and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, in order to survive, you need to be able to ask your your um, your fan base or people that enjoy what you do, you know, do you want to support this? And thankfully so far, there has been people that have agreed to that. And they've been like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll support a couple of quid a month. And so, yeah, like, like I said, I'm also fairly new to it as, as well. It's only been since mid-June that I've been doing this podcast. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll be definitely be looking at the, the alternatives. But right now I think Patreon is the best and it's good to have a a guaranteed monthly income of some sort, even if it's not a lot of money, but just having that guaranteed monthly income is is a blessing. And if anyone does want to do a one-off payment, then you can go to kofi.com, coffee.com, forward slash, you call that radio. Now, I've just got some more questions coming in. We'll do a, we'll do a couple more questions. Is Alex Jones and David Ike for real? See if you're talking, God, they're going at that. Um, yep. So, um, is David Dake and Alex Jones for real? I'll let you take that first. Uh, so, I, I personally haven't looked at much of Alex Jones stuff, but I have, I have watched a few uh, David Dake videos, and I was like, I've sat and I've stuck with it. You know, I've wa I've watched a good bit of the video, and then I've maybe watched another bit and I've tried to stick with it. But, I mean, pff, are they for real? Like, are they aliens or are they human or are they making it up? Are they just having a big laugh? Is that are they just having one big laugh? Yeah, but well, he's certainly he's certainly made a lot of money off of having a laugh. So yeah, I think maybe, like if he is, he's probably like yeah. going to have the last laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think maybe that the question would have been. I think I, mean, real, I think I think like it's probably the suspicion is is that anyone making that amount of money for saying outlandish things. Some of the outlandish things he says, kind of like, if you join the dots up, could could actually be true, but some things he says are just... Yeah, well, I mean, they have both been right many times. But um, I think it's that way where you could uh, you can join up dots, like, and find similarities and things that kind of connect with each other. If you look hard enough, you can make you can make things relate to each other. So like, if when he's going on, I mean, I can't give you an example right now, but when... oh yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're looking for things to match up, then you will always 
you always find. But I'm going on about like the the queen being a lizard and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know, not not so convinced with that kind of theory, but. But you can't rule it out. But, but I wouldn't rule it out. It was right. It was right about. I wouldn't rule it anything out. Ike was. I mean, I don't know if Ike and Alex Jones have ever actually spent much. Have they ever met or have, have they chatted to each other before? And I maybe should check that out. I think. I think they're both very different people, though. I think David Ike seems to be quite a an intelligent man. He seems to. Alex Jones. Seems to sort of prey on the whole. Just saying controversial things, mm. and but it's quite weird when you watch Alex Jones on something like Joe Rogan, and you're like, he's a bit more sort of aggressive, isn't he? Yeah, he just seems to be like he seems to. Oh, well, he gets stoned on Joe Rogan's show, I think. So it's maybe just a bit different. But you know, Joe Rogan sticks up for him, and you know, thinks he's a good guy. But he's he's a uh, he's. I think Alex Jones is definitely more likely to be all about the money, and whether he means it or not. It's just, you know, he does, he talks about, they're going to get a water supply, they're turning the freaking frogs gay. And then he sells water filters in the same episode, do you know what I mean? All ah, right, okay. So, but I don't know if he just went so far down that rabbit hole. So, that, but if you, if, you, if you were to email him a thing saying, oh, I heard, I heard this, tell him something that kind of fits with his agenda. I reckon Alex Jones would just say it out loud that evening on the show. So David Icke's probably more for real than Alex Jones. I don't know if he's more for real. I think he's just he seems to be more measured or more belie- believes it more. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Does he? Believe... I think he. Yeah, I think that he, whether or not it's true, he believes. He believes. He whether or not it's true, he believes in what he's saying, David Icke, and that's why he does these, you know, seven-hour presentations. You know what I mean? He's he's right into it. I can't, I don't know. I think David Icke is, is for real as and he believes it. Alex Jones could just be doing it to make money. Could be. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. And I think that's more likely than he's a disinformation. I mean, that's the other ruin in it. It's like he works for the government to send out disinformation. I don't, don't rule anything out. We don't, we, don't, we don't fucking know, do we? No. Don't know. But like I said, it's, they, they've both been right in the past. You know, but you could also argue that a stop clock is right twice a day. But I think there's something... I think David Icke is for real. He believes he's shit. And he's sometimes right. Sometimes he's very far out there. And I, I don't think that, you know, there's any any factual basis for a lot of it. It's like, do you know, the best way I can describe it is, is remember the Zeitgeist movie when that came out? I thought there was lots of good stuff in that. And then I noticed that they started putting on the sad music, doing what all conspiracy theories do, when they start using their opinion with sad music and then making it look at that means it's real. And I don't agree with that. I think that's... Uh, if you want to do a wee documentary about your opinion, then just say, this is my opinion, by the way, and stop trying to make it look it's just a bunch of facts when it's not, it's your opinion. Right? We should maybe add some sad music in there if we can. You know the sad music I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Uh, John the Hat wants to know, Barris faced what went wrong? Ooh. Ooh, that's a question there. Uh, okay. Well, as you know, we're supposed to be playing the Barrel and Ballroom this weekend, but it's uh, it's not happening. It's not happening anymore. We have moved to a new venue called, and we're doing a, a secret location called Gyro's Fest <laughs> with the same logo. 
Uh, I don't I don't really want to go into too much details because obviously people are still hurting because there's a lot of people involved in that and the fact that it's not going ahead is a massive disappointment to many people. Hopefully it'll happen again in the future sometime. Yeah, hopefully it will. Uh, Shouts to David Blair who, who's putting a lot of work into doing it. I think there was just some, there was some problems behind the scenes. There was a whole host of reasons why it's not going ahead. It's not as simple as, there's not a simple straight answer to it. And do you know what? We'll maybe do an episode on it when we're not, when it's a bit of time's passed. Say, give it a couple of weeks and we'll maybe do a wee episode on what went wrong and just a general episode about how to put on gigs and how to avoid these pitfalls. I think that was something that I'd quite like to do to remind myself so that I don't make these same mistakes over and over again. Um, Bernie son, where is Gyro's Fest? It's at a secret location, mate. If you want to know where it is, then hopefully you've got a ticket, because if you've bought a ticket, you'll get an email telling you where it is. If you've not got a ticket, I'm sorry, but it's completely sold out. But we'll be doing an after party in stereo if you want to join us for the after party. We've got when does the after party start? Uh, the after party's midnight to 3am. Got Joe Dark on and uh, the Wise Goldfish on the Wheels of Steel and I'll be hosting it and maybe saying some things and picking some tunes. So go to Stereo at midnight and if you've got a ticket, then you'll get an email where the secret location is. But cheers to everyone for selling out in a few hours. It's, that's brilliant. And we'll maybe do... For people that didn't get to see it, hopefully we'll have something to announce for you. Right about Christmas time. Fuck it, we'll do something at Christmas. So, questions. Right, okay, that's enough questions for the now. We'll come back to more questions in a minute. Let's talk about the... Let's talk about the 10 years of the of life of being in a band together, Gordy. What... What it's was... Went, it's went past so quick. <laughs> what, what... What... What tours sticks out? Um... Don't know. Yeah. So what, um, what am I looking at here? <laughs> well, because oh, I just I don't know. Um, well, my memory's not very good. Just, all right. Take, well, what we've got my brain's here? taking a what taking a, a battering over the years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've uh, we've got a list of acts at the weekend. I was get I was getting nostalgic, so I've made a list of bands <laughs> that I thought we could be. Well, good. one that sticks out for me has got to be the Sick Note tour, surely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so that one, like, my version of events is going to be different to yours, so we'll try Right, and... go, go for it. Well, I don't know, it's like, what was the first? What was the first one? But a funny moment that I'll always remember from that tour was when we played in stereo, and we were on before Sick Note, and if you've not seen Sick Note, they, they're, they've got, well, they've got dancers, haven't they? It changes, doesn't it? They've got yeah. different folk that just do dancing and they kind of get the crowd going and stuff. The Doctor Doctor Conkers was the the main dancer, but anything could happen mm -hmm. when they played. But who was the other dancer? Wait, we, we don't speak his name anymore. All right, okay. Well, I don't know that story, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so we were on stage playing, and Sick Note I think were on after us, and Robbie was was playing the guitar of the Gyre Babies. He just turned around to me. I was playing the drums. He just turned around to me, and there was just just silence. The guitar just was out out completely off. Like, and we're mid, mid song, and he's looking at me as if to say, like, what's going on? And I didn't really know what was going on. And I, I turned around, and I, I, it turns out that this guy, um, 
who was the dancer for Sick Note, he'd unplugged the amp at the side of the stage to plug his hair straighteners in. <laughs> <laughs> so he could straighten his hair before he went on. But he like went on at the stage and sort of like hid in the corner and, and then just found a plug <laughs> to go for it. And it was Robbie's Robbie's guitar plug. So there was loads of there was loads of incidents like that. I actually got my I got my hair cut that night on stage as well. I got one of those uh, zigzag undercut things. We what mid gig? Mid gig, aye. I can't remember. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that gives you a rough idea. This was day one of the tour, Foxy. Yeah, I got my hair cut. Um, I don't know if you remember the the zigzag I lines. I do remember. I remember the haircut. Yeah, I can't remember you getting it on stage. Yeah, if you want to see, if you look up uh, Chiro Babies at Fury Murray's in the air, you you see a, a clip of the haircut. I think there might be there might be the haircut itself on line somewhere. But yeah, they were um, they were great fun. But, but yeah, I think we went. So I think we started off at stereo, and then we went to air, and then we went to f- free in the park. Kelburn. I think, oh, was it Kilburn first? Played at, played at Kilburn as well. Yeah, Kilburn, there was a secret party at Kilburn Castle. Uh, it was uh, for a birthday party. Thing, we didn't didn't have anything with us, did we? No tent or nothing, just, nah, just the clothes in our back. Just the clothes in our back. <laughs> and a can of red stripe each. Oh, Eden Festival as well. I don't know if, did you, I don't know if you went to Eden Festival. but we, we, Oh, no, I didn't go that yeah, one. Yeah, we, we played Eden Festival as well. And I think fl- I was hiding under my bed by that point. <laughs> and I think the last day was free in the park, which was a free... An alternative free party that was put on to replace as an alternative to tea in the park, but obviously it didn't have the budget as tea in the park. What about that gig in Musclebro? Was that not Signal as well? That was Signal as well. Yeah, that was Musclebro. And that's where we all like. What even happened with that? Well, I remember it was an all night thing. We just had to sleep sleep in the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where a Musclebro accent, as a muscle relaxant, was born as a. Kind of got to that point of the night. It's like. So I signal no, actually bumped into Doghouse in in Bristol the other, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that picture. That's great. How's he doing? Ah, he seems to be doing well, man. He's, he's still he's still touring Europe under his own stuff, Doghouse under the name Doghouse. So check out Doghouse. And then we'll play a wee song for Signal just now. Who like just to put that it was chaos. Every gig they played was mental. Probably one of the best. But people ask yeah. me the best live act you've great ever act. seen. Great live act. I always yeah. put it down. They had a uh, you had Doghouse on vocals. You had Doctor Conkers uh, dancing about. Flap sandwich in the beat. Flap sandwich in the beat. Uh, you had Johnny No Cash in the visuals. Oh yeah, Johnny No Cash. He was great. <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember that one day. I was like. <laughs> It's like, I'm going for a paint, he goes, ah, oh, just get a carry-out, just get a carry-out, we'll go, we'll go back to yours. <laughs> oh, they don't sell, don't sell booze after 10 o'clock, he's like, why not? Yeah. And then I, I remember saying to him one morning, like, I just remember saying to him, turned round, I was absolutely starving, I turned round, I was, I says to Johnny Lucas, mate, I'm, mate, I'm so hungry, like, I'm so hungry, he was like, he goes, angry, me too, I'm, I'm livid, I'm absolutely livid. <laughs> I was like, no, no, hungry, I'm hungry, mate. <laughs> yeah, he was, an, he was quite an angry man. Him, him uh, also, shouts to Rob the drummer, who was shit hot live drummer as well. And um, they were all just staying at mine for a... I, I put them up for a couple of weeks <laughs> as we did the Scottish tour. Uh, we had... Uh, we had the police were called, I think, if I remember it. Unsavoury characters. Uh, yes. In the hallway. Uh, yeah. It was... Uh, 
it was a, a wild, a bit of a wild time. But as an as a live act, they were they were phenomenal. And what what you hear a wee tune? What, what tune do you think? Just go for righteous, righteous, righteous. Go for any any of them to be honest. Yeah. I like the one uh, on the bus. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll see what we can, okay, we'll see what we can find. But this is a sick note, and they are much better live in the flesh. But you'll you'll get an idea of the the vibe that they were bringing. Righteous, you're so fucking righteous. Righteous, you're so fucking right.
That was Sick Note and Cracking Band. Check them out. Sadly, no longer with us. R.I.P. Doctor Conkers. But yeah, hopefully one day, one day they might return. Maybe a reunion tour. That would be fucking brilliant. And speaking of tours, I mean, we're we're we've not toured that much. It didn't. It never really worked out for us that well. But another tour that springs to mind. Well, obviously, we'd be tourising, like, you know, the week, you know, going for a couple of, you know, a couple of gigs a weekend kind of thing. But there was the London tour that sticks out. Oh, that was great. That was... Uh, that was... That must have been, what, 2011? I don't know. I don't know. It was when the Occupy movement was happening because we ended up doing a... What? We ended up doing a song or two at the... What you call it? Yeah. St Paul's Cathedral, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we started off in Bromley in the Friday. Stoke Newington. Stoke Newington, I think it was a I Sunday. Know, I don't know what order. No, we're, we're Brixton. It was, I can Brixton. remember the order. That's a, a Brixton Halloween party. Ha Brixton Halloween party, but we'd been all night. Shouts to Guy Phillips for letting us stay in his pub. And he just let us pour drinks all night and we just jammed all night with the staff. And as a result, the next day I had no voice. And that was the first time I ever tried honey water or something, hot, hot honey. Did the job I managed to manage to do. You can actually find some footage of that tour uh, online in Brixton. Gyro Babies deal with a death metal heckler is one of them. Or Silicon Loophole. And Silicon Loophole, which is... Uh, which we recorded at Clinkers. We recorded it, yeah, Pete. And I remember I, like, I had my symbol case with everything in it, you know, all the essentials. Toothbrush, spare pair of socks, and uh, I remember that morning just going to get my toothbrush or whatever and find a full bottle of Buckfast, like full unopened. Yeah. Like we found, must have got it the night before somewhere, but we cracked that open and had that for our breakfast, and then that's how we, that, that's how that we was how Silicon Loophole was Silicon born as a song. And there's there's footage of uh, of us recording that. And generally, starting about London having an egg and spoon race. So if you look up Silicon Loophole. But I think what I'd like to do is, is actually play one of Pete Faye uh, Clinker's tunes. Uh, Clinker have got loads of good tunes. And Pete was one of the first people 
way back in the day to actually show a bit of support and encouragement in the MySpace era, while most people were just sort of laughing or ignoring us. Pete <laughs> uh, actually went and remixed us, which I think was a smoking band song. I think that's still in Facebook, uh, sorry, YouTube somewhere, or song called Smoking Band, which Clinker remixed, and obviously recorded the Silicon Loop box. That song was written, recorded, and video yeah. filmed all in a day. And then the, it was that. It was at that. Was it the same day or no? It was the same day or the night. Once we'd done that, we drank the buck fast. We'd done the tune. We went to. We're feeling pretty cheery. Went to St Paul's Cathedral. And then we got the we got like a double decker to. Well, like, how far away is that for here? Because we seen it was on no, the news. It, was like, it wasn't that far from where we were, yeah. but uh, Clinker, he told us which bus stop yep. to, to stand we at. Got, we got a 25-minute so, bus or something. So we got all the way there, got off the bus, and uh, we, had a, we had a can each. I remember the can of Cronenberg each. And uh, we, we arrived there and just cracked the, the cans and sat in the step, and then you just, just disappeared. For, you disappeared for about five minutes. And I was just sat there on the step drinking my can of Cronenberg, looking around. There was just hundreds and hundreds of people with tents and people just all over the place and uh, demonstrations of people uh, doing speeches and stuff. Anyway, I'm just admiring the view, wondering what's going on. And then you appeared back. Right, we're on. <laughs> what do you mean we're on? We're playing now. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And we went up and we were in the main, like the front of the St Paul's Cathedral. And you'd kind of you wangled it. You you told them that we'd come down from Glasgow especially for the for yeah, the Occupy I, I, movement. I don't know. I think that was the that was maybe the part. I don't know. But there's a, there's actually some really good footage that we, that's not online yet. But I found that it does exist. It's on. I've got it. No, still. that's there's footage of that on. There's, line, footage, there's footage of us doing a, a medley of drum. Don't know what you type in though. Bank bank charge London no, Occupy. Child Baby is Occupy London. London yeah. I think, and you'll find some of it. But I cut out a bit which I wish I hadn't because. It is funny, but it is something along the lines of like we came down here. We come, <laughs> we, we come all the way down. We come down here for the show you need to do with with Lyndon from Glasgow, and everyone's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a band called the Gyro Babies," and then the guys are like, "It's not all about your band. It's not all about your band." And he takes the microphone off me. No, but I think that was. I think you'd probably been saying this for about ten minutes. I don't. You? I don't know, man. I don't know if this. I don't know what order this was all happening. I just remember a big, huge camera came right up to us and just just a big flash of light. Yeah, and I still wonder what that was all about. It was just like a huge, big thing, and it just flashed nearly, nearly blinded me. Yeah, it was just a camera. Probably but the it looked, it looked, it looked official though. It wasn't like some just a guy with a camera. It looked, it looked something official. Maybe BBC or maybe, maybe the government getting keeping tags on these rap scallions. But, um, and then after that, we did an open mic night. Um, we, I think that was a Sunday, the Monday, or was that the Monday? No, I think the Monday. Oh, it, it's a bit blurry now. But we, we ended up doing an open mic night as well. And that's when the that's when the boiler shit started. That was Spoon Viz Spoon booked us for that in the Monday. And that was the first time they ever wore the boiler suits. Yeah, I met Becky Fury that night as well. That's that that was a, it was a good four days. But I mean, I think that. We were too young to do that at that time. We were, we were drinking way too much, and we were having a lot of fun. But we would, there's no way that the, the quality of the, the live shows would have been good. Obviously, by the way, I'm, we're just mentioning all the bad shows because I think that they're they make for better stories than we do play good gigs too. 
But I just think, like, you know, doing a show going, oh, I remember that time we, we played the Barrowlands. It was absolutely mega, man. Remember that gig where we nailed every song? Yes. <laughs> and the crowd loved it. The reviewers loved it. There's bound to be there's bound to be at least one or two gigs where we nailed every bit, everything. Oh, I know. There's been. There's you know, been. Like, in, I just in there, it just made well, out the door, come again. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't make good radio. Though. That's why I always like to ask um, my guests. Tell me your bad gigs, especially if there's someone that's doing really well. It's good. I think it's quite inspiring to hear people having shite gigs, and it's good to know that everybody has a shite gig. It's like and, that's what it's, it's, it's part. It's part of the journey. And uh, so let's go. Let's go and hear a, a wee tune for Clinker. Like I said, Clinker were really good to me at the very early stages, and they let us stay at their house uh, when we were stuck in London. I think I think if I remember rightly, Robbie had a friend who would let them and his pal Tom stay, but not me and you. So we were actually stranded in London if it hadn't been for Clinker. And not only did I let us stay, let us do a song called Silicon Loophole, which we're not going to play now. You can get that on YouTube. But I thought I'd play one of Clinker's tunes, and this is Let's Go Out and Get Fucked. Let's go out and get fucked. 
and that was a classic from Clinker, Linda's based. Let's go out and get fucked. Shout to Clinker. And thanks again for putting us up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so next, next up. So I've just, I've just got a list of all these of, of acts. There's no way we're going to be able to do them all today, but I thought it's quite good. Maybe we'll just do this every ten episodes or something. Just have a look back at the some of the the, the tunes that shaped the the band and stuff like that. There was um, many years ago. I was a booker of a venue, and I, I don't know how I don't know how exactly it happened, but I ended up hearing of a band called Ghost of Progress. I think maybe they played my tips for a tips for two thousand and thirteen or something like that. I can't remember exactly. I can't remember how I, I first came across them, but a band called the Ghost of Progress, which was two guys, and uh, Lou Pelgrave was one of them who had like a contraption of his own drum kit. He was playing drums and guitar and there was a second guitarist as well. Lou is now called The Rag and Bone Man. <laughs> and uh, obviously Rag and Bone Man's became a worldwide international pop star. But Lou's just not budging me his name. He's like, no, no, I had that name first. Well, I don't think he did, but as far as he's concerned, he did. So he's had that name and he's just no budging for it. And I've always been on Lou's side as the rag and bone man. But I did actually meet the, the famous pop, multi-million pop selling guy. He turned up to one of our gigs and he was actually a really nice, nice right. chap. Aye. Unfortunately, that annoyed me, Lou, sorry. He actually was really humble. And he jumped on and did a verse with um, a couple of guys that were English rappers that were doing the gig. But I'm still in Team Lou. Oh, don't worry. So I think you can I think you can find him the rag and bone man. One man band, I think he's called now in Facebook, to avoid any confusion. But uh, yeah, so the story goes: <laughs> the first story that comes to mind when I think of Lewis, he did a gig at the Friction Bomb Supper for us in the air. Me and Sammy B, and Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Pixie Brun, all that. Shouts to Sammy, and I, I remember him having a cup. Well, he had a beer, and I was like, oh, do you want, a, do you want another beer? He's like, no, no, I'm driving. I was like, all oh, right, sensible. Sensible he doing, he's driving, so he kind of, he said, had a wee beer earlier on in the night, but he's obviously respecting the law of the land and making a responsible decision here. So I was like, good on you. Jess Hopkins invites us back to Hurst for a party, and he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll give you a lift back um, to, to Jess's. I was like, oh, that's ideal, because... I think we'd missed our last trains and buses out of here. So I hadn't really been paying much attention. I had a few drinks myself. And we get in the car and we're in the, we're in the back of the car and it's not really, it's not really like seats. It's like more like a kind of bed. It's like a touring musician's back. So it's like a, a mattress and some other stuff. And it's me and my pal Jen. We're, we're in the back. They're Jess and Lou on the front. Jess is guiding Lou. And he's like, what way is it? And Jess went that way. And he, he turns down a one-way street into 10 police cars. And uh, he's like, the police are like, excuse me, sir. And uh, he's like, sorry, I don't live here. I'm new here. And then they get out of the car. And uh, comes the police comes back two minutes later and says to Jess, get out of the car. He's fucking pissed. And we're just sitting at the back of the car going, what the fuck? What are we going to do? 
Mm. Obviously, didn't want to draw any more attention to him because he was already in a bit of trouble, and we weren't really in real seats. Yeah. So we just thought we'll just just just, just chill. luggage in the back. <laughs> <laughs> just chill. Everything will be fine. Let's just chill. And then all of a sudden, the door opens, and it's uh, it's a police guy who thinks he's in the he's in the van himself, but he's not obviously on the back. But a police guy comes in, and he goes. Ah, it does a big massive fart, and and the he thinks he's in an empty car, so he does a nice relaxed ah big fart, mm-hmm. and um, we're in the, me and Jenny are in the back of this van, and we're trying not to laugh because obviously, but we can't we can't laugh, and it's one of the ones when you know you're at school and you know what to laugh, yeah. just like try to hold it in, and uh, we just get driven away to some sort of fucking depot, <laughs> some car park where police drive drunk driver's cars to, oh, no. and we just said nothing and then after about 20 minutes of being trapped there we just started banging the windies and shouting help because <laughs> help because it was the only way out we yeah. didn't, didn't know what else to do it was getting cold and luckily the somebody found somebody who got somebody to get the police and eventually we got out and we got our freedom back so this song's actually about it. It's uh, Lou Pelgrave, the rag and bone man, one man band, and it's called Robbie Burns Stole My Driving Licence.
Rag and Bone Man, not to be confused with Rag and Bone Man, this is THE Rag and Bone Man, and that was Robbie Burns stole my driving licence. Obviously remember, all those things allegedly happened, and they were a long time ago, and everybody's learned a lesson, and none of that is happening anymore. <laughs> so, next up we have... I think it'd be good to play a True Gents tune because that's the band that the Goddy Duncan Jr. came from. Aye. I think actually, if you want to hear Mary Goddy, by the way, we interviewed him in episode four, I think it was, or episode three. I'd got episode four, I think. And um, I think we actually played a bit of Seasick, the, the song. So I thought it'd be good to play the full song since it's one of my favourite tunes of all time. So if you want to just give us a wee bit of background to that stuff. Um, I, so I used to play in a band, the True Gents, who are still on the go. Uh, they're from Perth. They're, they're based in Perth. And um, a kind of rowdy folk collective that I used to play drums for. It was great fun. And, yeah, we did the album. The album was a total DIY job, um, which we recorded in various different houses. And the video for Seasick, which is on YouTube, was filmed in a flat that some of us were staying in at the time. It was, we kind of had all the cables lying all, all over the place. And yeah, the, the album was born out of these places, all these flats. But yeah, it's a great, uh, we just did the, did the video with a, a phone, I think. It was like a mobile phone or just a wee camera or something. And uh, over some bottles of Buckfast and just uh, jumping about the flat. Get it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's a good video. I'd check it out. Um, there's got I like the I like the guy playing the keyboard box rather than the keyboard. Yeah, that's Rich. Rich uh, also sings on that track, so keep an eye out for the man playing the box. Yeah, keyboard box. Yeah, shouts to the True Gents. It's a it's a, it's a phenomenal tune. This will get you. This will get you lively. This will get you lively if you're listening to this podcast on a bus. It's time to dance on that bus. So this yeah, this song's called Seasick, and the album's called In the Dark We Set Sail if you're interested in looking it up. Cool. Last man shall my direction But I lost see the glimmer of your shores Oh, last man shall my reflection But I long to be in a monstrous horse And I say
right direction. Show me signs I'm heading home or bound. Well, please show me signs of life and crucifixion. I'm gonna kill the next one that makes a sound. I swear to God, I'm gonna kill the next one that's my way. That was the that was seasick by the true gents. Now we also have <clears throat> a couple of questions coming in here. Do people still eat Rice Krispies? <laughs> I actually ate Rice Krispies a couple of days ago, so yes, they do. Yeah, can you see? You can see it, can't you? That's it's a, a big that's, box. That's a big box of Rice Krispies. It is a big box of Rice Krispies. Uh, yeah, so Sharon Hart's asking if they do that. Yes, they do. She hasn't eaten them since the 70s, but look, I wasn't even alive in the 70s, but I haven't had Rice Krispies for years, to be fair, but it was a big box. It was a deal. Guess how much that box was? I don't know. Three quid. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I've never bought, I bought Rice Krispies in ages. I just thought it's a bit... I kept on forgetting to get cereal in, and I just thought, there's a big box. That'll, that'll do me. Yeah. Or sometimes when I get the, when I do get cereal, I get like a really, like a, you know, a sugary, a, a treat one, mm. and then I eat it on a night. So, hit the munchies. I always get like ones with the raisins and the nuts and all that, because it seems like you're getting more bang for your buck. Like, it's going to keep you going, make you live a bit longer. Yeah, it's like, sort of like a, something that the pet would prescribe. Yeah. A vet would prescribe yeah. you. Yeah, just, I don't know. It's a kind of muesli. Yeah. So which things. Not not that you're really that nice to eat, but you feel like you're putting something decent in into your stomach. Uh, I've got another message, another question here from Craig Hendry, who says, "Faz, the coolest chukter you've met this summer." The answer is obviously Craig Hendry. Uh, that would be you. Cheers, Craig. We're going to get a couple more tunes. But obviously, I'm definitely going to go back to this and play more bands next time. But I thought I'd give a wee tune because part of the, the journey was just having a wee break from it all and doing a Jackal Trades album. Now, the, the Jackal Trades album came about when God was actually moved into mine for a while and I was a few years back and I'd been kind of want... I'd always wanted to do a hip-hop album but I hadn't just hadn't had the right time. And we'd actually quite a... a... a, 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 a productive... Day where we got the yeah, three, yeah it's a good, I had a good kind of we set up in the room like speakers and some, yeah it was all so it, was, it, was, it was quite quick and easy to put stuff together yeah 
think we got about three or four tunes done in a day or two, and they were actually still good enough to be on the album that came out a year later. And uh, yeah, it was so, so Jackal Trades began. I started doing live gigs under that name as well. And that what was good about that, I just opened up, just it's definitely improved me as a writer and as a performer. But it's also made going back to do the gyro stuff so much fun as well. I've also got to give a shout out to another collaborator, uh, Martin Lindybank, who was brilliant in, in the doing the live stuff. And also amazing to work with when we we do music videos together or always photography is amazing. Check out Martin G. Windybank Photography on Facebook. Absolute true genius. Best in the business. The best, by far the best in the business. And shout-outs to Mendito Photography too, though, of course. <clears throat> so um, I thought we'd put a wee tune that me and Martin did together called Bill Hicks Fan, which is, was the end of the... The last song in the, the first album. And I hope you like it. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills and it's very brightly colored and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered and they come back to us and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid. Because... The authority, the gravitas, the autograph passports at the bar board with bus words barking and barcodes. Saw her aura explode above her speech. Bubble saying that for today, tomorrow you're in deep trouble. A flag of convenience, a ship on the rocks, attacking the horizon, attack on the clocks. Smear on a headline, I'm blurring the thoughts. A poem on a with the twist on the plots Lisa, have knots with talk Till they're tied up in knots Tangle near thandrel thoughts Till their eyewitness caught A carrier pigeon gets violently shot Messengers always do have done Since the day dot a solitary hand Lurks from the salt of the gutter Reaching for moonshine and a drink from the udder Utterly redundant, constantly resigned To make beelines for sidelines The guidelines of mankind are mad behind the times Buzzing honey at the find The rewind button works just fine If you recline and relax and really Learn to redesign or get ready to blow up When I land mine Then you have the media Not just the news media, let's include them all The media are almost literally exploding
Take a look at these headlines It seems we're all fucked apart from the lucky ones Who were plucked at birth The system only works if you can blag your worth Sleight of hand cuts the cuts from above Mark my words, of course it could be worse But it could infinitely improve Inherently apparent ingenuity is due So when they take you, I, you, you be taken wise Heads held high, be recognised No idea of the scale of the plan for the prize Realize the smoke's a smoke screen obscuring starry skies Don't generalize me or overanalyze me Remember, 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 remember the risk But never lose the spark What's good for the soul may be bad for the heart It's a balancing act, but they're both worlds apart There's no point in saying that you wish you didn't start Off the Richter scale with my medical chart And the damage will increase until the day I depart And if they cut me off the hospital or an institution I'll laugh at the confusion and escape the solution I respect all opinions but criticise all of them Respect all opinions but criticise all of them Respect all opinions but criticise all of them So that was uh, Jackal Trades featuring Martin Windybank, Bill Hicks fan. Uh, just got another question in from Paul. He thought he says your thoughts on moving to a fully digital currency, chip and chin. Sorry, chip and pin, <laughs> chip and chin, <laughs> chips and cheese, chips and cheese. Well, if they remove physical currency, there's a lot of homeless rely directly on public's physical currency donations. Yeah, that's a good point. So they're they're moving away from the 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 money and onto digital currencies and swiping cards and I think, that. I think you'll end up just with a, a little chip in your wrist or your arm. Yeah. And that'll have everything on it. So and if you walk into a if you walk into a shop that doesn't have No but you you just top that thing up on the computer or whatever, and then, and then when you're paying for your sandwich or whatever, your pint or, you know, yeah, and, and Weatherspoons around the drinks and meals, you just scan your wrist over this thing, and that's you. Yeah, but if you have any money in it, then it obviously. How's that? Work. How's how are you going to get? How are you going to give the homeless guy a quid? I'm still, I'm I'm saying that's what it's going to come to. Aye, but how are you going to help the homeless guy with a quid? Is he going to need a scan reader? Because uh, charities will give them the means to. So that folk can like scan their thing and donate something to them. So like everyone's going to have to walking about with a PayPal reader kind of thing. Yeah, well they'll have to have. They'll have like to. No, oh, well there's the answer for you. That's the answer. Everyone's going to have a PayPal. Like, it'll be down to charities but to like, be... provide homeless <clears throat> people with the technology to but, get donations. But if you, but then people will be what you know if you're homeless and if you've got a drug problem and your chat your your reader scanner's worth money. You're gonna fucking stop no, that. F- no, but they won't. They probably won't be worth anything. It'll just be like a really basic thing. But that you just put in your pocket. Or maybe there's two chips, one in your left, one in your right. One gives you money. One gives you money. <laughs> but then people will just start fucking 
chopping people's hands off and aye, or like cutting them out. I yeah, it's definitely going to come to that though. Oh God, just leave it the way it is. I'm happy with my chin and pin. <laughs> I don't want a fucking. I don't even want contactless. Fuck this. Okay. Let's go back. Sorry, but we'll go into that in more details, actually. I want to go into that in more detail another time, but try just the after topical fucking political, all that stuff, and just focus on some tunes. So coming up next, we have uh, Joe Dark, who is, plays bass guitar with Gyro Babies. She's actually in another band called The Twistettes, so if you don't know, now you know. And they're actually celebrating. It's a year since the last album came out. A Strange Play was a cracking album and go and check it out and here's a song for, I mean the, the Twisties don't get enough enough credit for what they do for two two people her and her sister they just knock out the park don't they just yeah. big sound it's a big fucking sound and it's for just the two of them it's incredible great live band too check them out here's, here's one of the songs for you to have a, a wee listen for yourself The Twisties <laughs>
Okay, so that was uh, the twistets, and uh, gonna play one more, one more studio track. But just thought, well, God, this year might as well get God the tune. So live in session. Here's a wee song, this one's called Curer. Very nice, and there's a. This is you're, you're doing an album. album I, well, I've been talking about doing it for months and months, and and then I don't do it, and then I'm thinking about doing it, and then I don't do it. But I'm hoping to make a start on it in the next week or two. So I've got a kind of plan of action. So I'm doing a bit of practice at the moment. So I hope I hope that was sounding all right. <laughs> sounding smooth, sounding smooth. So yeah, it's just going to be like the best of all your unreleased yeah, it's just, tracks. I've got loads of kind of odds and ends of tunes and songs that I haven't just put on anything or I've done a version somewhere along the lines, but it'd be nice to just have them all together and then move on and write some new stuff. So yeah, it's just going to be a dead basic acoustic sure. thing, probably about 10 tracks or something. Brilliant. No name or anything at the moment, just acoustic. Mm. Live at the hangy. Yeah. <laughs> God, the Duncan's in your live at the hangy. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, cool. All right, so 
Um, we might get you one more tuna out you then since you're on since you're on form. Uh, but we'll we'll go just change it up a wee bit. I think we'll have one more one more song from the studio. I thought we started off with a, a LIGO beat, so uh, Loki just released a beat from uh, LIGO um, a couple of days ago after we, we had the bad news. So this is a, a cracking track called The Fuck It Button that Loki's done and just released. So I think it's off his forthcoming album that's coming out soon. So check it out, The Fuck It Button. My granny gave me my first pill today, my ma died I couldn't sleep cause I hadn't cried Within a week I was in her stash like it's my supply Gob two, take a bus to school 20 minutes coming up is cool Mix it with baby, you're laughing at shit was like rocket fuel Fuck you Fucking love getting high, man Started on the pain pills Move the booze, whip the doos Then came the eggs, the jelly, the trallies, the scooby-doos Don't if you're tapping the toes, they have beautiful ruby shoes Chewing the shrooms, looking at gloomy news Move to a room with a view, the full moon painting looney tunes Changing the way that I felt was my only objective in life Para room, my own friends, even though I was sure the connection was tight Thinking my lovers were cheating, started invading their privacy I would deny, accuse them of lying and fail to acknowledge the irony You don't date metaphors When it comes to rap, I'm the condo spit out a methadone script And a polythene bag then sell it on Why am I chatting about controlling toys when I can't control myself? False speed, but they have bad bonded claws Like my soul's annoyed, it's not destroyed by opioids Conducting a one-man symphony here, yet I can't compose myself For the season finale, but I swear that all you'll be seeing The back of the stream, I am seizing the scene that I carry Watching myself on the telly The helmet's being recovered I feel a twitch in my belly, it's baby and codeine's inflating my stomach Hey, mate, can you give me a box of Sulpidine Max and also a box of the ibuprofen with codeine, please? What do you mean, can't sell me all that, know what I mean? If you gave a fuck how much I was taking, you wouldn't be selling it? Asshole! Fuck this sober shit, this is a load of fish. I'd rather smoke a spliff, I'd rather score a fix I'd rather pour a drink and get behind the wheel and run over your kids Man, I'm over it, fuck this sober shit I miss getting drunk and fucking I miss coming up and puffing Miss feeling like I'm in touch with something Might just hit the fuck it button Walk everybody round in my house. Eleven in asylum in Mary Hill with some lagalouts. All I want's the company. It's cool if you don't have snouts. We can read the bags under both of my eyes for fag doubts. Falling in and out of love with women like the blackouts. Pushy phone boxes begging government for handouts. Swig a bucket to get a little wind in my sails. Wake up in the cemetery with dirt under my fingernails. Soluble pills take so long to dissolve when the water is cold. Watching the clock like a lock and withdrawing the chemist. Cause dealers don't even respond to my calls Me being clean, don't buy it, man Turn a quiet one To your fleet of hired riot vans Fuck it, but until Monday like a diet plan Taking an act to sobriety I'm heading back to the priority Pass me a zanny, I'm falling asleep with the wheel of my wonderful life When I wake up in a ditch in a driverless car At the dawn of a wacky society You'll stop me writing the album Your friend in the pool that you think is gonna inspire me That's having money shit's a real fucking blast I can't lie Just a shame that you can't throw cash At the fact that you want to die Cause you can't get high Or you can get high but that you can't stop Next thing you're dipping your dying auntie's meds When you're above the ashy witch rang You look her in the eye and lie That was the fuck it button by Loki 
Benny Ligo and the beat R.I.P. Benny Ligo we're coming to the end of episode 11 we hope you've enjoyed some so far there's been some new music for you all there to enjoy and if you've heard it before I hope you enjoyed it all the same we're going to end it with a wee song called I Want Answers acoustic version which we might even be doing in our a re party gig we're doing on Saturday. Mm. So if you're coming to the gig on Saturday, you're very lucky because we have ways, it's sold out, and there's about 100 people on the reserve list. So thank you everyone for supporting the last minute change of venue and packing the place out. We hope that we can give you a good show on Saturday. If you can't make that actual gig, please do come along to the after party at Stereo where you'll see me, Joe, and Ricky spinning some tunes till three in the morning, spinning some tunes and cutting some shapes. Thanks to everyone who supports the show. If you would like to support the show, just listen to all the previous episodes, share any of the previous episodes, give us a rating. Five-star ratings are always handy, whether that's in Apple or it's on Facebook. And the best way to support the show, of course, is by going to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. And that can open up some bonus material. It can also give you access everyone gets entered automatically into the mysterious big mad raffles that take place all the time shout out to everyone who gave us some prizes and we did one for spain last week which was mental and uh, we had gifts from drygate shouts out to drygate shouts out to lucy george for supplying the book shout outs to everybody who gave out the good prizes last week so now Thank you, everyone. You call that radio signing off with a one take. This is just a one take, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. There's, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. This is live. I want answers. Easily led like the fear you dread, the panic attack. When your eyes go red The spanner and the what's if it works You must be gullible to think it won't break You're gonna lose what you've got Just admit it and keep on walking Crawl up the stairs Pretend you're not talking Shocking state of affairs We always end up Thinking of plans Cause we're so damn fed up too many scapegoats, too many chances I hope that I wake up and I'll finally get answers Too many questions, keep your suggestions I want answers, I want answers Blood on your hands of greed, skates on your feet if you delegate the seat Don't listen to me Your friends All the news For every wise word you hear A hundred thousand fools So smile on my face And my heart there's resentment Urban jungle of cement It's a patience containment Let's never speak again But I'll call you tomorrow Say sorry with the threat Yes, beg, steal too many scapegoats, too many chances I hope that I'll wake up and I'll finally get
get answers Too many questions Keep your suggestions I want answers I want answers Break it down It's a two horse race and you're running from the chase With guilt and remorse and it's written on your face Stop, my god, your forehead you were all born Yesterday you all died, tomorrow every day is judgment day Yeah! 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 Thank you very much. We've been listening to You Call That Radio.